And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Just to let everybody know, uh, a, a quick update here. It has been 37 days since Junior Office Dog tried to kill me. So there is there is that. Welcome, everybody. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Glad to have all of you here with us. Give a shout-out to everyone who is listening to this show as a podcast. We do invite you to check out the live video. We are broadcasting live to YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and Twitch. And I might try to figure out how to broadcast to Twitter. I don't know. I'm feeling a little frisky this week. Especially after especially after yesterday's Disney's call. Wow. Wow. That shareholder, uh, that shareholder conference call was fire, and we're going to be talking about that tomorrow uh, here on the program. Uh, just, uh, just to give everybody a heads up, Judah Engelmeyer and Cameron Pasha will be here tomorrow to talk about the Disney call and everything else that's been gone over there. But today, today we are playing catch up because uh, we. We had planned to do this last week, and things kind of got away from us. There were some Stone Martin Weasels and some Gremlins involved, I think. We are talking today about a new movie that just came out last week. It's called Kill Her Goats. And I'm normally not the one to have the conversations about horror stuff and things, but... Uh, this is just how it works out. Ariel Racine is here. She is the lead. She plays, I believe, was it Audra? She is, yes. uh, she is the, the, I guess, the star. I mean, it's an ensemble. There's a number of people here. But you're playing opposite uh, uh, Kane Hodder, if mm-hmm. I got that right, who is uh, yeah. familiar to a lot of people for uh, for horror. Uh, if you're so crazy for him. Yeah. So welcome to the program. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're no flight delays this time around. So yeah, it's good yeah. to have you. Thank you for having me. So let's let's give people a a quick reader's digest what this movie is about. Um okay. I don't like to judge my characters, but <laughs> Audra was maybe a little spoiled and she got this house um upon graduation for the summer. And she invites her friends over, and then without giving, I mean, you kind of realize what happens. She got this house, and then everything turns upside down, and a lot of people start dying. Like you uh, do. <laughs> I don't end up dying, so. Well, no, always... you end up being, you're you're basically going from, I'm. A normal person normal to crazy to, to find you get to be the final girl in this one i understand yeah the final girl yeah how does that feel i mean you're <laughs> you're i i don't want to say you're starting out in your career but you're kind of starting out i mean you're young and you're getting all of these opportunities here how does it feel going into this that you're carrying the movie basically well actually i wasn't I didn't audition for Audra. I auditioned for a different part, actually, the girl that was sitting next to me. And then for whatever reason, when I got on set, they changed me to the lead. I don't know, like, I don't know what happened. But then I became Audra and I learned everything on as we went on the fly. Oh, my. And yeah, it was, you know, it was good practice. It was good. It was fun. It was my first lead of a film. So and actually, we shot this seven years ago. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because this was this was so. What took so long to get it out? I imagine pandemic had stuff to do with it. But but what yeah, else? Pandemic, what else complicated things? Pandemic had some stuff, and then I think I don't know. There's just like stuff I don't know about, but like litigation stuff that happened. Who owned the rights? Who owned this? I'm uh, guessing something like that. Yeah, those rights battles can be rather long and drawn out and and messy. No. Yeah, and then I think when COVID hit, they were just like, whatever. All right, so I, I got to ask, is that Nikola Tesla on your coffee mug? Oh, yeah. Are you are you a big Tesla fan? Is that uh, is that your secret crush? <laughs> I do like him. <laughs> um, 
I was traveling abroad and I found it, so I got nice. it. So how in, how much into those sciences are you? Are you your big science nerd? Uh, I really like quantum physics. I love all of that. Yeah. Like, what the bleep do you know really changed my life. <laughs> Even though it's a hard film to kind of watch, but if you pay attention, right, really cool. Yeah. So and I love, like, breaking the habit of being yourself. So, I don't know. I really am obsessed with the quantum physics. What was the pro- so you're you're thrown into this as far as you know now you're now you're you're in a part that you weren't planning to have. Yeah, uh, and I imagine that means you've got more to do. Did did oh. it ever did it ever feel like did it ever get overwhelming for you, or did you have a pretty good support staff around you? I mean, a, a lot of times. These these smaller productions, these independent productions, the low budget productions, they either turn into little families or they mm-hmm. turn into little families and you know nobody's getting along on set. What kind of environment was on this one? Uh, it was a mixture of the little families. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it was good. I mean, I was tired, but I was it was fun to be in every scene and having to like, the only part that was really exhausting was just having to be scared all the time. Yeah. And had like the goat nightmares afterwards for like a month afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> now this is, this is odd because when I saw the title of this, you know, kill her goats, I'm like, hang on. Okay. That's, it's obviously going to be a horror picture. And I saw final girl. And I was like, okay, this is a slasher picture. When you first read the script and you're auditioning for a part, what was going through your head? What were, what were you hoping to get out of this? Um, you know, I was, um, well, I was in LA trying to do the whole acting thing, and I was doing this hosting job, and the that was like what was providing me the money. It was a TV hosting, and I was like a game show host. Um, for these guys and girls, and then that production went belly up after a while um and so i was like about to go get a hosting job at at a restaurant actually one that was like catered to kansas people because you would be surprised how hard it is to find a waitress job in la because everyone's doing it (laughs) so i couldn't find anyone but then i found this bar that was like catered to kansas people and they're like okay we can hire you whatever and then i booked this job so then i didn't have to get that hosting job so because you grew up in kansas i grew up in kansas was born in texas yeah yeah. Then went to LA after I graduated. So what what is it about acting, modeling? What what pulled you into that? Well, okay, so when I was a child, my mom I got into like commercials and modeling. My neighbor was like a famous photographer and so shot my photos. My mom took me in. She was a model too, so she kinda like knew what she was doing. And then I don't know if it was that like that's what did it when I went back to Kansas and was like being a kid. But I don't know. I was obsessed. Like I would do performances every single day after dinner. I was in theater. I would do instead of I instead of writing a paper, I would film like an, with the neighbor neighborhood kids, like my paper version. <laughs> um, I would film my Barbies, my American Girl dolls. Like, I don't know. I was just I loved it ever since I was little. I can't. I, I wanted a hundred kids to live on a farm, to be a veterinarian, and to be an actor. Those are the four things I wanted. <laughs> that that's that's a that's a little bit of a strange mix there. It was really strange, but I remember very vividly. That's exactly what I wanted as yeah. a kid. Now you talk about having to be scared all the time in this thing, and that that does require a lot of emotional investment. And yeah. a lot of a lot of high energy, and when you're when you're just starting out on this stuff, oh, I want to be an actor. A lot of people don't realize just how much work it is. It's not it's not just the glamour and and the getting dolled up and pretty in the makeup and the hair and the fancy outfits and the whatnot. And we get in front of the camera. It's it's a grind for for some stuff. Was oh, it's a was yeah. there any kind of was there any kind of come to Jesus moment for you where it's like, oh crap, what have I gotten myself into here? Uh 
I mean, so it was summer in the movie and it was actual winter when we were filming it. So there was that. Um, I think at one point the blood, the makeup got to me and I was like breaking out and all this like acne stuff like on my body. I never had that before. Yeah. And but yeah, and you're tired and you, you're, it's these long hours. Um but no, it was worth it at the end, but it was exhausting. It was... How long, you talk about shooting this seven years ago. How long was it before you actually saw a finished cut between the time you shot it and the time you get to see it? I know I, not the finished cut, I just saw it like, well, I guess I saw maybe a version of it two years ago. And then right after we got done shooting, we had to go back in to like, I had to go back in and scream and do stuff like that. So I saw some of the cuts then. Oh, so you you had to go back in for ADR? Is that what it was you were doing? Yeah. yeah. Various different screaming, lots mm-hmm. of different versions. So I guess there's a there's high an... pitch, low pitch, long, short. <laughs> there's a there's an aerial scream track somewhere out there, folks. Go find it. Uh, that'll be that'll be something. Right? Uh, we've got a comment in the chat from Keely. If Ariel is into cosplaying, she could pull off a good Supergirl cosplay. Are are you are you into to dress up and go into the Comic Cons? I actually have never done it, but I really do want to do that. I was talking about it this year because yeah. it's in San Diego, right? Oh, there's a uh, there's a lot of what's a lot. Our, what's yeah. Our count? I was thinking about the San Diego one. So we have a we have a page on our website. Where where are we? Are we close to twenty five? We are close to 2,500 events worldwide that are currently active. So you've got oh. plenty of Comic-Cons to choose from. Okay. <laughs> Not just San Diego or New York. I mean, you go everywhere. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, Mrs. Boss, if you want to put a link to that in the chat, that would that would give people a place to look. Um, but, yeah, that <laughs> – excuse me. I think, uh, I think a Supergirl cosplay, um, maybe Black Canary even, so – yeah, it, it is is. Well, I don't know where I was going with that. The, the how, I how like much, the thought process though. Well, how much how much interaction have you had with fans at this point in your career though? I mean, because comic cons are a good place to to meet people mm-hmm. and to and to hook up and make connections and network. Ha, have you had a chance to maybe meet fans at screenings or or go? What's what kind of interaction have you had with the public yet? Yeah, screenings. Um, I get my agents get like fan mail and stuff that I sign, but that's about the extent of it. No. What are you doing next? Um, I'm actually doing a Christmas movie next month in Oklahoma. And last year I shot a film with Mel Gibson. So I don't know when that's going to come out. I can't ever say when that's that's, coming. Now that's dragged across concrete, right? No, it's called The Informant. The informant. Okay, that's a different one then, because drag co- drag the co- concrete. I think just came out. Uh, oh yeah, okay, no. so the I saw, shot this last year in the summer, so it's still not done. Okay, it how, will be done this year. We'll see. How bu- uh, how busy are you, and how busy do you like to be? I love to be super busy. It makes me. What is that saying? Where it's like the idle mind is the devil's playground, or something. <laughs> right. Did I mess that up? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking I, about? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I had a few auditions last week. I just did a finished class. I'm always trying to be in class, um, but there's the writer strike and everything's pretty slow right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's gonna be a mess. Yeah. So it's just trying to stay active in your own life. I'm doing. I love going to class. Like if I could be in school all the time, I would be. Um, but obviously, being on set is the goal. Right. Well, I mean it. It is. Uh, it is a smart thing to have. You know, the the education for other options later because not not only you know the acting thing it's hit and miss, and especially if the projects kind of start to slow down because of various strikes because it's not only the writer's guild but the producer's guild is looking at it the director's guild is looking at it and uh, we've had rumblings from you know the editors and and hair and makeup i mean hollywood could completely shut down uh which means then your opportunities are only going to be in indie projects uh anywhere else and have you have you been talking to people about those options are you trying to stay in 
Hollywood and and do the the SAG stuff? Um. Yeah, I would like to stay in Hollywood and do the SAG stuff. That is, <laughs> that's like my goal, and I'm gonna stick with it, even if I have to write it out. I mean, I've been writing it out for a long time now. So yeah, what's a few more months, years? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you're young yet. You got time. Uh, but, but you know, it, it's the indie. The indie scene is really a good, depending on the opportunity, depending on the project, and the, depending on the crew. It is generally a good place for workshopping a lot of different things. I mean, you're not not just from an acting standpoint, but uh, from a crew standpoint as well, there's there's a lot of overlap there, and there's a lot of opportunities to learn new things that you haven't maybe had an opportunity to do. Oh no, uh, absolutely! And and we've got a pretty extensive indie film scene here in Kansas City, actually. So uh, Patrick Ray is based here. Uh, a couple of other people who are in the horrors. There's a lot of horror being made here. Do you I'm have the city soon next week? Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a preference on genre? Are you looking for you want to stay in the horror space or does it matter? I would like to do horror again, but I want to do something like you know dark and gritty too. Like grindhouse horror, <laughs> Saw. What like Saw? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. All right. All right. So despite the allergy to the, you know, the reaction to the blood, you're ready to get covered again, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm totally. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love just being on set and working. It's like when that camera goes on, it's like my best friend. There are <laughs> there are people that are like that. It is a excuse me. It's a variation of uh, what we call red light syndrome in television, where you have you have generally you have people that have two kinds of reactions to when the camera goes on. One, the red light goes on and they freeze. Yeah, they freeze. You know, it's deer in the headlights. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. And then they and they panic. And then the other one is when the red light goes on, people are just on. And you can't you can't shut them down and they just are a natural. And it sounds like you're kind of leaning into that part when the when the camera is on, you're just you just light up. Is that right? I like the camera, yeah. It gives yeah. me energy. <laughs> It's my source of energy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Death Angel Saddle, the, the website is working. Yes, it is. Uh, now, we still can't get into it, <laughs> but it's at least there. They reset it. So, yeah, SciFiForMe.com, where you can find that list of, of conventions. All right, so so um, I'm looking at your IMDb list here, uh, your list of credits, and I see you informant. I see Butkus. I see yeah, that's Pete Davidson's new um, show. About Pi X Y Z from Fire and Dust. How how much how much of this uh, is uh, genre sci fi horror? Because uh, it looks like you've got a pretty good mix here. Yeah, I do. I have sci fi. Um, there's one movie out there that is about what are those people? The people that like to the furries, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know the I know I know about the furries. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, that was one of them. So I guess that was kind of I don't know what genre you would call that about, but um, um, I I think I think it depends on what the furries are doing in the movie. Uh, That's all I'll say about that. Film. It was a pretty crazy film. <laughs> yeah. Um. They got. They got someone pregnant, and uh, the baby like a rooster. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> we we have we have an opportunity here to invoke the Gungan seahorse theory. I think maybe, <laughs> or maybe not. I, I think, love this woman's laugh. I think we'll skip. That is that is Mrs. Boss. She's off uh, off there on the side, uh, keeping me in check. <laughs> Yeah, has a very good laugh. Thank you. All right, so okay. Um, excuse me. Is any of this comedy? Yeah, Bunkus, Pete Davidson show. Okay, all right. Because that that's something that we've talked about before on a number of occasions. The fact that horror and comedy essentially have the same kind of structure from an emotional arc. Because you have the setup, you have the payoff, and then you have the the the. Uh, the release, the the relaxation at the end. 
Um, the only thing is the difference is it doesn't translate like worldwide. Right. Like, right. <laughs> right. So is, is there anything that, that you specifically bring in terms of life experiences and sit there and say, okay, I've, I've been in this situation. I can bring this emotion to this performance. Have you been able to do that very much? Oh yeah, I could do that all the time. I've I did Meisner, which you're like bringing in situations in your life that would make you feel that certain way that you're supposed to be feeling or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's I, I do that a lot. Yeah, I noticed here also you went to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. I did. My dad didn't want me to go straight to acting. He said, "Go get your degree first. So I was like, okay, what's going to get me in front of a camera? <laughs> and um, so I chose journalism, broadcast journalism. I thought, little naive me, there would be like a whole team of people like, you know, around me giving my report and stuff. Right. Hell no. Yeah, no, you're like <laughs> carrying that tripod, you're carrying that camera, you're like setting yourself up, you gotta look good, you got the mic, you gotta rush back, you yeah. gotta edit that stuff, you gotta put a voiceover. Nope. I was like, this is not, no. Uh, well, I did it. I finished. And, you know, <laughs> small, small market TV is, is like that everywhere. But uh, the fact that you went to Walter Cronkite and I'm sitting there going, well, I kind of, I, I spent some time in, in Cronkite's birth city, St. Joe, Missouri. And oh, yeah. I worked for the TV station there doing it. And, you know, it wasn't in news, but all all of the reporters there were doing just like you're, you had to do is it's it's you. You are your own crew. Uh, mm -hmm. And and the hardest part of all of that, I would think, is making sure that you're in focus because you're running the <laughs> camera and the camera's back over there. And I'm standing over here and you got to make sure that it's that it's a clean shot. No, I know. And, and then there's nothing worse getting back to the editing bay and it's all messed up. Right. What do you mean you didn't hit record? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, I, I've been I've been in media 34 years and there are times where I still forget to turn on the microphone. So, you know, okay. Okay. So, yeah, it happens. That goes. So, okay, uh, actress, model, art, what is the artist part of this here in your bio? Are, are you, uh, well, I think an actor is an artist or okay. like a creative, anything, anyone in the creative aspect is an artist, I would say. No. Uh, it says here, you have your uh, social media presence spreading a message of self-acceptance. And I want to get into that in just a second. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to talk about that on the other side of it. Stand by. We continue our talk with Ariel Racine right after this. Speaking our minds, because Cthulhu told us to. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. I find it difficult to get excited about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my natural cynicism or my... my my pessimism tempered my, with uh, my, uh, 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 a, a dash of pessimism. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm jaded at this point. Perhaps. I, the H2O Podcast, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back live from the bunker where we are talking with actress, model, artist, Ariel Racine. And social media is kind of the thing. I mean, for a lot of people, especially your age, you know, social media is the big thing. Instagram and TikTok and, and all these other things. But they're also, it's kind of a kind of a double-edged sword i would think because you know while while social media is really big on promoting yourself and for for actors for people in front of the camera you know models actors uh journalists that's something that you know you can use to market yourself find your next job make your connections network 
But there's also the the dark side of things, the negative aspects of it. When you sit here and talk about having having a message of self acceptance, what does that involve for you? Well, I think as an actor, you have to really get to know yourself as a person to be able to be the actor that you want to be. Um, that's why I really love acting because you never you it's a never ending process to understand yourself and grow as the individual. Um, so I think as a younger girl growing up, I had no idea what I was doing and I was not confident and I was always comparing myself to other people that you see on the screen. Um, so I think it was really important to like take the time that I did to accept myself who I for who I was. And I think if we all accepted ourselves and focused on ourselves about being better person, we can all be a better person to someone else too. And instead of us like all tearing each other down. So what kind of things have you learned about yourself in the process of pretending to be other people? Um, well, the psychology of other people. Like, um, the way they think, the way they, like, why are they thinking like that? So it's not a judgment of why they're thinking like that or why they're doing that. It's why would they do that? Right. So yeah, without judging. So that's the hard part, I would say. Does that make it easier? <coughs> Excuse me. Does that make it easier to interact with people in the real world offset uh, it, it, you know, just in your everyday life, you're bumping up against people that, are, you know, it, 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 grocery store, the library, the bookstore, the, the, you know, gas station, where, wherever you run into people, having that psychology in, in the back of your head where everybody is coming from a different place, does that make it easier to interact with yeah. people for you? Absolutely. I mean, I can get along with anyone. <laughs> with anyone? That's, uh, that's I can say, I can. It's a knack. Um, not that like it's needed, but yeah. I always take the perspective that, and I know people argue with me about this, but um, I do believe that most people are doing the best they can, and I know sometimes the best they can is really shitty. Um, so I'm not like saying that it's okay what they're doing, but it seems to me that people are always looking out for themselves and doing the best that they can. Like right. when someone hurts you or something it, they were doing something for themselves not like trying to hurt you necessarily because at the end of the day we have to think about most people just think about themselves no right. one's really thinking about <laughs> like they're looking out for themselves now talking about mindset understanding people you're coming from the midwest the midwest flyover country there's there's certain particular values that are assigned and and assumed that people coming from the midwest have and mm -hmm. now you're in L.A., you're in California. Was there any culture shock for you or have, have you had uh, people kind of make assumptions about you because you're from the Midwest? Right. So it definitely changed my phone number because everyone kept telling me like, oh, people are going to take advantage of you if they know you're from Kansas, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and I definitely did get taken advantage of. I had no idea that. I mean, I guess I just, I was so naive. I really had no idea that people are so awful out there yeah. and they are. And like, it doesn't matter at any age, people are still trying to hustle you. Like, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, that was a big culture shock. That was the biggest one, I would say. Just how everyone takes advantage and everyone lies. Yeah. How do you process something like that? <sighs> Processing. Well, it's like you live and learn and then you're like, oh, that was so dumb of me. And you just have to like move on and keep going kind of and you learn from your past. Yeah, I would expect that it probably is smart to have people around you that you that can help you navigate those kind of things, too, because not not only does your agent have a responsibility to look out for you, but, you know, any any kind of talent management, I don't, I don't know how how much your parents are involved in your career or family members or best friends or whoever. Do you have somebody who can kind of keep you square and 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 kind of thump you on the head when you when it gets a little bit too much well at the beginning i would say i it was just me out there like i had no I, my parents didn't know what to do so i was just navigating myself um and then 
things would happen and you kind of like bring it up to someone like and it's hard to make friends too I finally now have like a good group of people that I trust and like it's a family but it takes a long time to find that yeah. and um yeah I remember I like brought up a situation that I thought was kind of funny that like kept playing in my head and then she's just like that is not normal like absolutely not that's not okay so yeah I had yeah I have I always had someone looking out for me or I'd bring it up to my parents, even though they don't really understand anything that's like happening. Right. So have, have you, have you ever, have you ever come in to a situation where whatever else, whatever's going on on set, you kind of sit there and go, ah, nope, this is not the place for me. Have you ever, have you ever walked out of a, of a situation and kind of, yeah, as a, as a matter of self-preservation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I didn't end up walking away, but I remember I really was uncomfortable about a situation that I had to do for no reason. Like, it wasn't what I signed up for or yeah. I had, what I auditioned for. And they basically wanted me to do some crazy, like, scene that was not necessary to the story. Um, so I had a big talk with the producer at that time and we like met in the middle, but I was definitely ready to leave off of set. Yeah. See, we hear, we hear stories about this, especially, especially if you're, if you're new to the business. Well, if you really want to make it into this business, you're going to do X, Y, Z. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure to perform type of things. And the, the younger people. It would seem to me, because you know I'm I'm old here. Uh, it seems to me that the younger people are probably a little bit more vulnerable to that. So, Absolutely. so how do you how do you advise people that are just getting into this? You know, as far as standing up for yourself and and taking a position that protects you, that's that's hard to do i mean especially in la i mean there's you know like you said there's a lot of people that are hustling you that are lying to you that are pressuring you there's there's all sorts of of things going on how do you how do you protect yourself oh i have a story actually so i had this like trial manager which is like you just kind of like try them out and see what they're like going to do for you or blah 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 and he was like, oh, I want you to audition for this. And it was all nudity. And I said, at the time, I wasn't comfortable to do nudity. I wasn't ready yet. And I was very strong about that. And he was like, he would call me and yell at me and be like, you're never going to make it, blah, 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 if you don't do nudity. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But like, I'm just, I don't want to do it at this moment. Like, I'd rather work my way up to it. Um, and then I got an agency meeting and he found out I got this agency meeting. So I was sitting in the lobby of this agency waiting to go in to talk to this agent. And he, when he got the, when he got wind that I was going to go see her, he called her and said, you can't take her. She doesn't want to do nudity, blah, blah, blah. She's not good. Da, 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 da. So he just squashed my whole agency's situation so the lady came out and was like oh i'm sorry she can't she can't talk to you like she's not going to take the meeting and i was like what the hell happened so then i found out later it was him because he was a nut job and he told me um yeah so the, i guess the question was is how do you you just gotta keep going yeah yeah because that's not normal like there's not a manager shouldn't be pressuring you to get naked that's not that's not a normal thing. Right. Well, yeah, so. not, not necessarily that, but it'd be any kind of a thing where you're, you know, if you're, if you're a young talent, you're brand new to all of this, you're feeling pressured to do anything. And, and nudity, a dangerous stunt, uh, some, something in the script that doesn't feel right. You know, there are, there are a lot of people that don't feel like they have the right. They have the, the experience. They have the, 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 position where they can sit there and say i don't think this is right i'm not comfortable with this you know so so it's something where you know you've got to like you say you want to work up to certain things but you also have to be able to protect yourself and stand up for yourself so how do you it's really just about being you just have to be super brave like every single because i'm a pushover i am like a complete pushover i don't want to argue i try to avoid conflict like 
But, you know, when I do feel uncomfortable about a situation, I will have, I will tell myself, I have to put my foot down. This is what I believe. And this is how I'm going. Like, I, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, well, and when you're talking about self acceptance, a lot of that too also has, has to do with self confidence. You've got to find those ways of building yourself up, even, even if it's just you talking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, telling yourself you've got this, but are are there any are there any particular mental exercises or emotional exercises that you've picked up over the years that help you stand up for yourself and take your position and say this is this is my line? Um, yeah, I mean, I do assortment of things. So, like, I do morning pages in the morning where you write out three pages of just like whatever's going on inside of you. You get it out and like. Sometimes you end up like asking yourself questions and you can like realize what's bothering you and then you can ask yourself, oh, it's the question is always why? Like what is what is it that why do you feel this way? Why blah blah blah. Meditation has really helped me and I listened to a bunch of like okay, so I've studied NLP for a little while, neurolinguistic programming, just to understand how my brain was processing things and why it was processing things the way it was. So I really loved all that and then um yeah, I'm doing this book called The Artist Way, and it's working on like your create creativity, and it asks you a lot of questions, and you do all these like little art. You do like artist dates where mm-hmm. you just go out with yourself, and you just spend time alone with yourself. That's really like the core of it, and then you do all these like creative little tasks, but you're doing it with yourself, and you just like learn and you grow, and that's I feel like that's what's helped me. It's a bunch of little things um, that accumulate over time. Meditation, too. I'm not great at doing it every single day, but I wish I was because it really helps me clear out everything. Now, in all of in in the course of all of this and all of these exercises and and, and the work that you've done so far, mm-hmm. have you surprised yourself at all yet? With oh, I did I didn't think I could do it, and then I did it. Uh, have you had one of those yet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually shocked I haven't quit. (laughs) I mean, perfectly honest, like, I, everyone that started with me is completely doing something totally different now. Um, And I did, like, quit for a month once during Christmas last year. And it was just more like the aerial show to tell everyone that I was quitting. (laughs) And that was fun. That was like my drama moment. Um, But yeah, no, it's not. I'm not quitting. I'm not going anywhere. So, <laughs> so what keeps you going in those in those moments where you feel like you want to quit? How do you talk yourself out of quitting? You're gonna and you're just gonna go do the next thing. I I just know that I don't love anything else. Like I love this. I I that's what I tell anyone that's doing it. If they can do anything else other than this, then go do it. If but if this is it, then this is it. Yeah, and this is it for me. So what's the dream gig? Oh, like a Mad Men show. I want to be in like a 60s, 70s piece or just any era piece. Yeah. You you want you want to dress you dress up in a dress up in a in a time time period, huh? Yeah, I really think the 60s or 70s though really call my name. Yeah. Well, I don't think they've cast the Fantastic 4 yet and and hopefully they set that in the 60s, so you never know. Yeah, you never know. Do you have a dream role? Do you have a, a target for, you know, this is this is this is the character that I absolutely have to play? No, I want to do something I would like to have you seen Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is comedy. Mm, yeah. Okay, so see yeah, I really like those era pieces, but um something com- comedic like that or something dramatic, I'm open. Like I really like um Gone Girl. Right movie where she's like i i want to be like sharon stone and um basic instinct i would love to be like a little bit of a killer seductress something like that and if that part doesn't come your way are you ready to write it are are you are you having any creativity on that side of things you know i am writing like a dark comedy right now but i'm just a little slower than i'd like to be but that's okay (laughs) <laughs> what what difference have you found in the creative process between acting and writing? What 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 in the acting can you bring to the writing? Mm, 
what in the acting I kind of bring to the writing? It's just like, I guess the character, uh, maybe actors like think about the characters maybe a little different than a traditional writer. I don't know if that's, if it's helpful or if it's not helpful. Yeah. Also, I think probably when you're writing, which is the messed up part as an actor is like, you're writing the person you want to play, you know, <laughs> right? Because the writer is just writing characters like truly Yeah. because they're not like thinking about playing any of them. But like as an actor, you're like thinking about playing probably all of them or something. <laughs> Have you played a character yet that is really close to you as a person? Yeah, you know, you're reading the script, you go, oh, this is me. I, I've done this, this kind of thing. You no, know, I think I I always, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of things. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I've done that, I've done this. But not anything, like, super close to me. Because yeah. one of the girls was a stripper. And I did, like, I almost auditioned to, at the strip club in New York just to, like, do it, you know, full mm. on. But um, I didn't end up doing it. But I did hang out at the strip club a lot during those ginger moments. <laughs> how much How much of growing up in Kansas do you think affects how you approach all of this in the work? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't... I guess I... I mean, I left and I live in New York and L.A. now, so it's like, I don't know if I'm trying to prove something that I want to, like, do this so badly. But I, at this point, I kind of, like, want to live on a farm again, too. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's where I am. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, we talked ver briefly about the social media stuff. Does that ever get overwhelming? Is that is that part of, I want to get away from everything? Is the, is the online stuff ever a, a burden? Yeah, I, there was a moment where I just kind of wanted to disappear and come back. I don't know why. It was like, uh, it seemed like a science experiment for a time being. Um, yeah, it seemed, it. I used to have a TikTok and it got taken down. Um, and my like, I had a video that went viral of me doing like a Sharon Stone cross leg thing. Mm, yeah. And then, I don't know, I got banned from TikTok. So, and I was having a lot of fun on TikTok. And now it's like, I had all these followers and I can't, no one, they like shadow banned me. So I'm like, TikTok is not there anymore for my like fun, creative, quirky outlets. I feel like Instagram's more of like a, this is who I am presenting myself. But right. TikTok, I was having a lot more fun. I think um, I think the Chinese don't like too much fun. So, you know, the, the, the TikTok is going to be a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think someone that didn't like me was reporting me nonstop. And uh -huh. uh, yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because you know, you look at things like on YouTube and Twitter and, you know, the cancel cult and, you know, those groups out there. So we don't like what you did. So we're going to try to get you shut down. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just let's get you off of YouTube, let's get you off of TikTok, let's get you off of every social media platform, let's get you fired from work, let's get your bank account okay. shut down. There's all, all of this stuff. It, it feels like some days it's a little out, out of control. Have you ever had to worry about that? I mean, getting flagged on TikTok is one thing, but have you ever had to worry about the cancel cult coming after you? Have you got something in your background? It's like, oh, I hope nobody finds out about that. <laughs> no, I don't think I've done anything okay. to upset anyone too much like that. I hope not. I have seen my, I've seen people I know go down. Yeah. Oh, because of it. Give, I mean, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> no, no, no. I, God, I hope not. Yeah. How'd... That's not even fair, not barely getting started and like ending and yeah. getting hung to death. Well, and, and that's and that's what it is. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, 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 at any given point in time, somebody could get ticked off to the point where they they do this stuff. And, you know, social media being what it is, not only do you have the the abuse of all of that, but you have the algorithms that kind of feed into it and, and exacerbate it and make it even worse. And like you're talking about, you know, the challenge of, of the self-acceptance thing, social media kind of feeds into this monster where I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I think, oh, this is a horrible person because of all of the stuff that I've seen. 
there's there's a cycle there that I think we need to to get out of. And, you know, maybe maybe getting banned from TikTok is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> maybe it's something just like, it oh, I just dodged a bullet there. So. No, it was. I can focus on other things. It was kind of a distracting little outlet for me. So. No. Well, and, and, you know, when done right, social media can be a good marketing tool. And, you know, you've got the broadcast journalism in your background. It, ha, have you have you been able to strategize a little bit on how to use your online presence to build your audience, to, to find the next job? Are you using that for networking? And, and how well is that working for you? I mean, I think I, I got this Christmas movie because I posted something Christmassy in a Christmas outfit and they were like oh they pinned me because of that I mean it was someone I knew but they pinned me and they're like oh she'd be perfect for that so I mean you kind of just have to keep going and I believe in like the flow of whatever it is that it's all going to happen however it needs to happen like you post something and they see you as a certain way but it is important I think to post like in different lights that you want to be seen 70s 60s 50s whatever the future sure how often do you get back home? Uh, I'm going back next week, even though I'm from like a small town outside of Wichita. So I'm not going there, but I am going to Kansas City uh, on Tuesday. Oh, okay. All right. is, is the film fest- When's the film festival? Is that going on now? Or is that, that, was, just, that was just here, wasn't it? Which one? Kansas, Kansas Film Festival? That was just a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Planet Comic Con was a couple of weeks ago. So cool. yeah, we have we have stuff around here every now and again. So you know, maybe maybe we'll run yeah. into each other. Yeah, I would love that. All right. So what's coming up next for you? Kill Her Goats has just come out. It's on uh, digital platforms, right? Amazon. Uh yeah, Amazon. You probably know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think old. it's going to be less on Apple and BOD and stuff. Yeah, uh, we do have a. a Question in the chat here from Cavatino Cavalryman Shay: Does Ariel eat a certain diet and work out several times a week to stay fit? What's your What's your routine? Um, it's normally Pilates, or if I'm in New York, I just walk and do my. I'm on the fourth flight, fourth floor, so it's the stairs. Um, but I do love Pilates. That's the extent of like my cardio and my workout usually. And um, I'm a vegetarian. But yeah, I try to balance everything. On my good days, I'm a vegan. Yeah. Is is there uh, stuff that you have to do physically to get ready for a role to psych yourself up and and get? Because a lot of times, even even if it's not a very physical role, you know, we oh, yeah, we see we see a lot for actors kind of starting to get into shape before they start shooting, and then afterwards it kind of relaxes. Do you have any kind of a routine to prep? Yeah. For a week, I like if I need to lose weight, I only eat eggs. I mean, it's really, you really hate eggs by the end of it, but that's what I did for the informant. And um, that was like pole dancing. I had to be a take all the time, which is a crazy workout, which I never have done before. So yeah. I had to do that all the time. Um, but yeah, I guess it just depends what part you're in. I would, yeah, usually it's just like high protein diet with no carbs. Yeah, I would imagine this that depending on the role that you have, you've probably had some opportunities to learn some skills you may never have thought you were going to have, right? Right. So that's why I love it, too. It's kind of like journalism, because journalism, like you get to go learn about this topic. Right. That's what I love about acting, too. Yeah. All right. So, uh, OK, so we've we got Killer Goats coming out. What and and the inf- is informant is the next thing that's coming. It's been completed. It's in post-production. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know when it's coming out, but there I have a small spot on Pete Davidson's TV show on Peacock coming out May 4th. OK, and that's uh, that's uh, what is that one? That's that's Bubka's. Yes, Bumpus. Right. Okay. And then I see Swinging. I see Informant. I see Camp Joy. And yeah, then... Camp Joy is coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but okay. I shot that last year, too. Okay. And then the, cr- the Christmas one is currently in production. You're about to start. We're about to start. Okay. All right. Is that a Hallmark thing? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not. Hallmark I don't know where it's going to be released, but it's no, it's not, actually. But yeah. it's really cute. I cried when I read the script. 
All right. Well, we will be looking forward to that and all of the rest of the stuff. Um, let me pull up here uh, the various different places where people can find stuff about stuff. Let's start with the website for the movie, killhergoats.com, uh, where you can find out about the film itself. Ariel has her own website, arielracine.com. And uh, like we talked about, she's also on Instagram and Twitter. And we have uh, links to all of these in the show notes so people can find all of you, uh, all of the places where you're on social media wise. Hopefully everybody behaves themselves. <laughs> Ariel, thanks very much for being here. I'm glad we were able to finally connect and get this thing Happy done and, and, and talk with you. And we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. All right. Maybe maybe when we're in Kansas City, we'll we'll have some barbecue or yeah, well, I'm a vegetarian, but yeah, oh, well, we'll figure it out. Is there is there a barbecue? <laughs> is there v- vegetarian barbecue? They got a lot of good fried vegetables. Fried vegetables. Okay, yeah, right. they do. That's good. Okay. I'll right. take that. Okay. All right. Ariel Racine is our guest today. Thanks very much uh, for being Thank here. You. And uh, all of you, thanks very much for being here as well. Those of you who are in the chat. And uh, if you are here in replay, don't forget, you can leave a comment as well. The email address, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom if you want to give us suggestions for topics or guests. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about Bob Iger and how he stepped in a bear trap. <clears throat> anyway, so Cameron Pasha, Judah Engelmeyer will be here tomorrow for that. And tonight on uh, H2O... We will be discussing the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. We're finally going to review it. Kind of keep it spoiler light-ish because, you know, it's only been out a weekend. We don't want to mess it up for you. Uh, Speaking of social media, here's all the places where you can find us, including 10 different social media platforms, four video platforms, the Subscribestar, the Discord, all that good stuff. So, uh... Join us for that, and we will be back tomorrow for this uh, again. So thanks very much for being here, folks. Have a good rest of your week, and remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you, and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 